Thank you. Thank you, graduates. And oh, that we might all have the grace to trust Him more and more each and every day. Graduates, it's been quite a week, hasn't it? Some of you might say it's been quite 12 or 13 years, right? But uh, it is great that you've made it here. I know you've had a week full of celebration. Some of you started last Sunday night with a baccalaureate service, then graduation ceremonies, family and friends coming in, and uh, graduation celebrations on Thursday and Friday night uh, for our, our two public high schools. And, uh, and today, a wonderful celebration that uh, I know that you are enjoying. And I know that your parents um, and grandparents and fr friends are celebrating as well. Since all of our seniors have their Bibles, and I know that's where their attention is going to be today, um, why don't you turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. And I want to share, as you, as you look through your Bibles, as you celebrate what the words of wisdom that have been shared with you, here's the thought I want to leave with you today. 2 Timothy 1, verse 14. Guard the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Guard your treasure. Guard your treasures. You have been blessed. You have been raised. You have been educated. You have been taught. You have been given an example of life, of family, of faith. And my hope, and, and our hope as a church community, is that this is a treasure that over these years that you have grown to cherish, to respect, to love, desire to be a part of. And now, as you move forward from this day, the challenge, the opportunity is for each of you to determine if you will guard the treasures, the treasure that has been given to you. So the first question we have to ask is, what are your treasures? Let's identify what your treasures are. What are these treasures that have been given to you? Well, your family, our families. They, they, they look different. All of our families are a little unique, a little different. We all have different personalities. And you were brought up in a family that loves you and that desires the best for you. So your family is a treasure. Your faith is a treasure. Your friends are treasures. Your education, what you've experienced, what you've learned through books, through life, experiences. Those are treasures that you have. Some of you have dreams and goals. These are treasures that have been nurtured and grown within you over these last years. You have the treasure of your heart, of your mind, of your body. Oh, that you would guard your treasures. Graduates, you also need to understand that you are a treasure. You are the treasure of your parents. You are the treasure of your grandparents, of your aunts and uncles, your brothers and sisters, your family, your friends. You are a treasure. You are a treasure of your teachers, your mentors, your coaches. All those who've invested in you. You are a treasure. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6.21, He says, where your treasure is, guess what? That's where your heart is. Treasures and hearts go together. This is why this season of life is so emotional for so many 
of us, for your parents, for your family, for yourselves and your friends, because we understand that this is a critical time in your life. You know, we, we used to do this, this, this skit in, in youth ministry in which we would take our hearts and we would hold our hearts in our hand and we'd symbolize that by making our hands move. Looks like you have a heart in your hand. And we have the opportunity through life to share our heart, to share our treasure with others, with things. And as this skit would begin to take place and to develop, we would, we would give our heart away. And we would watch how people would take our heart. And how maybe at first they would take our heart and they would receive that heart and they would take care of it. But then over a period of time, they might begin to set our heart down. Over a period of time, they might take our heart and they might begin to play with it and throw it in the air. And certainly there were some that would take the treasure of our heart and would throw it on the ground and would stamp on it and would break our heart. Teenagers, what are you, you going to do with your heart? Who are you going to share your heart with? And certainly what we would share today as part of our faith is that we are called to share and to give the treasure of our heart and our lives back to Christ because He alone will nurture and care for our heart. We gather today the church family because we profess that Jesus Christ is the primary, the prominent treasure of our lives. And because Jesus Christ is the treasure of our lives, He brings meaning and value to the rest of our life's treasures. You see, when Jesus Christ is our treasure, we're able to share and to give away all of treasures. We don't have to be stingy and jealous with our treasures when Jesus is our treasure. And we can share those with others. I'm reminded of the story of the rich young ruler. Now, now graduates, listen to the way we describe this young man. He was rich. He was young. He was a ruler. Now, if we were all honest and we said, what are our goals in life? We might say, well, we'd like to be rich and we'd like to be young for a long time. And we'd like to be a person of power, authority, of influence. This rich young ruler had everything. He had the treasures of the world. And yet this powerful story is of him coming to the Lord because there was something that wasn't quite right. There was something that was missing in his life. And he said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You see, there was this thing that hadn't been resolved. Even though he had all the things, all the treasures of the world, but he lacked one. He lacked the most important. And Jesus offered, if you want to have this treasure, here's what you need to do. And the story tells us that the rich young ruler went away sad. In Matthew 13, verses 45 through 46, Jesus tells us about a man who came across a pearl of great value. And guess what the scripture says? It says that he sold everything. He took all the treasures that he had in this life. 
and he gathered them together and he sold them. Why? So that he could have this one great treasure. You see, what the rich young ruler didn't realize is that there comes times in our lives where we have to take some of these treasures that we have and we have to go ahead and we have to give them back over. We have to give them over to Christ so that we can attain this great pearl, so that we can attain this great treasure. As we read through that parable, we we become aware, first of all, that we are that treasure. That Christ Jesus himself gave himself, he gave everything that he was so that we might have eternity with him. Each of you graduates, each of you in this place today, each of you are that pearl of great price that Christ died for. But now today, he is that pearl of great price. And graduates, as you move forward from this day, will you give your life, will you give all that you have and all that you are so that you might receive and so that you might obtain Him, this great pearl? What are the treasures of your life? What are those things that you're going to value and accomplish and seek over these years? My prayer is that Christ Jesus will be that central treasure that influences all the others. But now that we've identified our treasure, our treasures, what, what do we do now? Well, I think we have to guard our treasures. That's what Paul is suggesting to Timothy. What does it mean to guard your treasures? Graduates, as, as you leave home, as you, as you go to school, as you enter into the workforce, as, as you do whatever it is that God is leading you to do in these next months and years of your life, How will you guard those treasures? How will you protect them? How will you value those treasures? How will you defend them? How will you save them and and pass them on, preserve them so that they can be passed on through your family? Again, verse 14 says that we're to guard our treasures that have been entrusted to you. It's interesting, in in 1 Timothy, in in the previous letter that Paul wrote to Timothy in chapter 6, verse 20, again he says, Timothy... Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you. Guard what has been given to you, this faith that your mother and grandmother have given you. Guard this faith. Treasure it. Value it. Again, when we guard and when we treasure the faith of Christ, we guard our own treasures. Again, verse 14 says that we guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. We guard our treasure. We guard our treasures when we submit our lives, when we grow in Christ, when we grow in His Spirit each day. Paul writes all through this letter to Timothy. He writes ways that we're to guard our treasure, that we're to, to watch over our treasure. If you want to follow through, look at, at this whole, whole book. Graduates, I'd encourage you over these next weeks to go back and read Second Timothy. And look at the ways he challenges you to guard your faith. Verse 13, he says, retain the standard. Retain the standard of faith. Retain the worldview that you've been given, that's been nurtured with you. Retain the standard of faith and of life. Chapter 2, verse 1. Be strong in grace. You've received grace. You've come through a family of of grace. Be strong in that grace as you move forward. Chapter 2, verse 3, suffer hardship. Realize that life is going to be tough. There's going to be some hard times along the way, but don't bail when life gets tough. 
Maintain the course. Suffer hardship. Chapter 2, verse 15. Be diligent. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman of His Word. Allow His Word to be authority for your life. Well, His Word, the Scriptures can't be authority for your life if you don't read them, if you don't study them, if you don't practice them. So value, practice, study His Word. Be diligent to present yourselves faithfully. Chapter 2, verse 16, avoid worldly chatter. Avoid empty chatter. Here's my question to us. We have a lot of time to waste, don't we? How do you waste time? I think what Paul would say to Timothy today if he were, if he were here is, yeah, he would say, you know, avoid empty chatter, empty conversations. But don't waste your time. The electronic age is a wonderful age that you grew up in. But there's so many ways that we simply waste time with our gadgets and with our devices. Commit yourself to maximizing the time that has been given you. Chapter 2, verse 22. One of the most powerful verses written for, for young adults, I think. Flee from youthful lusts. There are a lot of things that are out there that you feel, this is my right, this is my, my, my birthright to pursue these things. And God says... Flee from those youthful desires. Don't, don't be tempted by them. Don't, don't play with them. Don't be teased by them. Turn your back and run away. And I've said this many times. I hope you've heard this before. You know, someone suggested, and it applies all different ways. The most important thing in life is not to know which movies not to go to. That's not what's most important. The most important thing is to know which movies to get up and leave. Flee temptation. When you find yourself in that place, when you find yourself in that place where the lusts of life begin to take over, don't hang around and say, I can handle this. Flee. Flee. I guarantee you, if you were to talk with your parents and your grandparents and your friends, they would say that is some of the most important advice you'll ever get. get. And they could tell you if they were honest about sometimes they didn't flee that they wished they had. Because they thought they were strong enough. But Paul continues, verse 22. Instead of pursuing these youthful lusts, pursue righteousness, love, and peace. And pursue it with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. What are you going to pursue over these next days? Righteousness, love, peace. And do it with people that love God as well. Surround yourself with people that love God and pursue those things. Continue in the things that you've learned in verse chapter 3, verse 14. Notice that these instructions are designed and geared towards your heart and towards your mind. It's the peace of God. It's the shalom of God. It's that wellness. It's that wholeness before God that brings peace. That when you put your head on your pillow at night, that you're able to sleep. And God's desire is that you might have this peace of Him. But this peace comes through His presence, through the Spirit of, our, of God, the, the Spirit of God in our lives. Philippians 4, 7 says this, The peace of God, which surpasses all your understanding, all your comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We're to guard that treasure. But we guard the treasure that's within us through the Spirit of God who dwells within us. And it's the peace of God, the shalom of God, that then guards our heart and our mind as the Spirit of God dwells within. 
So will you guard your treasures by committing your life to nurturing the presence of Christ and of His Spirit? One way that we guard our hearts is by committing our lives to invest what God has given us, to invest our treasures. So what are you going to do with this opportunity? 18, 19 years old, degree in hand, the world in front of you to conquer. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with this great opportunity? Now some people, the scripture would tell us, are are going to go out and bury it. Bury their treasure, bury their opportunity. Like the unfaithful steward, the unfaithful servant who, who was given this great opportunity. He was given these resources and he went and stuck them in the ground. That's one thing you can do with the opportunity you have. What about the prodigal son? You've been given this incredible treasure. You know one of the options you could do is go out and blow it. You can go out and waste it. You know, yesterday I was, was driving around. I had on one of the sports talk shows. They were talking about these athletes that had had, had million-dollar contracts, multi-million-dollar contracts, 50, 100-million-dollar contracts, and today don't have anything because they blew it. Don't blow the treasure. Don't waste it, but take it. And rather, instead of burying it, instead of blowing it, invest it. Invest the treasure that you have by continuing to learn by taking the treasures that you have and creating and discovering and developing and contributing and giving. Take your treasure and as Ephesians 2 says, accomplish the good works that Christ has set out for you to accomplish. When we invest our treasures, we grow them, we multiply them, we increase them, and we spend them wisely in ways that enrich and enhance our lives. Remember, as Jesus said in Luke 12, from everyone who has been given much, much shall be required. Graduates, if you haven't figured it out yet, you have been given much. Look at at 18, 19-year-olds across the globe, and you have been given so, so much. One day you'll stand before the Lord. Will the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. How are you investing your treasures? Listen to again to Paul's instruction to Timothy. Again in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. Here's his instruction to all of us, but particularly to young folks like Timothy. He says, instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that you may take hold of that which is life indeed. Graduates, the decisions that you make today continue to lay that foundation upon which the rest of your life will be built. So here's Paul's instruction to you. Do good. Be rich in good works. Be generous. Be ready to share your treasures. Be a good worker. Be a good student. Serve and invest in your family That means spend time with your family over these next months, especially if you're leaving town over these next short months. Serve the Lord. Serve His church. Serve the poor and the needy. Serve your community. Serve your neighbor. Discover who your neighbor is and love them and serve them. You see, this is the life of kingdom investing. This is the life of being a kingdom citizen. So will you invest in the things of heaven? 
or in the things of this earth. Matthew 6, 19-21 says it this way. Do not store up for yourselves the treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. Today, too many people do not find peace and joy because they are investing in the treasures of this world. And guess what? They rust, they fall apart, they break, they rust. And you have to get new stuff. Rather, invest in the treasures of God. These are the eternal treasures that last forever. Again, one day, when you stand before the Lord, with all the treasures you've been given, Will he say, well done, good and faithful servant. Finally, as we close, let us always remember to give thanks for your treasures. Graduates, if there's anything that I hope you've been doing over these last weeks, and if not, it's not too late to start, is giving thanks. Paul puts it this way. In fact, this is God's will for everybody in this church. If you don't know what God's will for your life is, I'm getting ready to read a scripture that will tell you what God's will for your life is. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Graduates, are you giving thanks this week? Have you thought, thanked your teachers? Have you thanked your coaches? Have you, have you thanked all those who've invested in you. And have you thanked your parents, your grandparents, siblings, aunts, uncles? Who, who are those people, a neighbor? Who are those people that have invested in your life? Give thanks for them. Have you thanked God? Have you thanked God for the opportunities that you have, for the treasures that he's given you? Have you taken time to thank God? Have you thanked God for the, the freedom that you've discovered here in Christ, but have, that you've also discovered just by being born in this place. This is Memorial Day weekend. We're not remembering that summer starts today or tomorrow, right? It's not, Memorial Day is not about the start of summer. Memorial Day is about taking time as a nation to remember and to reflect and to give thanks for those who've sacrificed, who've given their lives so that you all, so that we would have treasures. Thank God for your freedom. Thank God for Christ. Thank God for your family and your friends and your mentors. Lastly, if you turn with me to 2 Timothy, look at chapter 4, verse 10. It's almost as if Paul is offering a warning to Timothy. So graduates, I offer you this warning. It's at the very end of the sentence of his letter, and if you're not looking for it, you'll miss it. 2 Timothy 4. Verse 9, and make every effort to come to me soon. Paul's in prison. He knows he's about, he's dying. Timothy, come and see me. For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. You see, I believe Demas did not guard his treasure. He deserted Paul. And more importantly, he deserted the Lord. Because Why? Because he loved the things of the world more than he loved the things of God. Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, you've been given this incredible treasure. Oh, now go and grow it and invest it and mature it. And you will discover a life that is so worth living and so rich and so full. Be like Timothy. 
But Timothy, don't be like Demas. Because Demas had those same treasures. And he deserted them. He left them here. Because why? Because he loved the things of the world more. Graduates, it's your choice. Will you guard your treasure? Will you live that out? Paul concludes with this word. He says, but the Lord stood with me and he strengthened me. If you'll invest, if you'll take those treasures, and if you'll live them out each and every day, then guess what? The Lord Jesus will be right next to you. He'll strengthen you and he'll guide you each step along the way. Graduates, congratulations. Man, this is so exciting. This is big, okay? This is big, all right? And you're going to understand that more and more as you get through these next weeks and months. Congratulations. As a church family, we've given you Bibles but there's one last thing we want to do to show our love and support. And, and if you'd allow me to say, to take this chapter 2 out of Timothy, I'm sorry, chapter 4 out of verse 17 out of 2 Timothy and say, let us offer a tangible way that we can visibly demonstrate how the Lord will strengthen you and how he will stand with you. I'm going to ask our graduates and, and uh, just to kind of spread out, there's a lot of you, okay? So I want maybe a few up here in front and then down these two aisles, just spread out to the end of the, end of the sanctuary. I want you all to move that way right now. And um, if your siblings are, they're not triplets if you don't know, okay? <laughs> but if, you're, if your siblings, y'all be together, okay? Because I'm going to invite your parents to join you in just a minute. So graduates, I want to ask you to move and just kind of spread out here in the front and down these two aisles. And so we need some over here on the right to kind of go down this way. So, Brandon, get a couple of more, head down the aisle, all the way to the back, all the way to the back. Thank you, Brandon. Now, parents, I want to ask you to join them wherever they are. There you go. And then graduates symbolizing those in our church family. You may or may not know that you have had a prayer partner this year at First Baptist Church. And this is the, the big reveal day. Um, you've had someone who's been praying for you over this last year. And prayer partners, I'm going to ask you now to make your way to the student that you've been praying for. And again, you symbolize how our church family has been praying and encouraging you over these last months. So graduates, I hope you recognize this treasure that's gathered around you, your parents representing your family, this prayer partner representing your church. And I'm going to offer you just a few moments to pray and have just a time of prayer right there together. Congregation, I'm just going to ask you to go silently before the Lord and to pray for these graduates and their families. And, uh, but we want to give them just a, a few moments to sanctify this time and to offer prayers of blessing. So let's do that. I'll close us corporately in just a few moment, uh, few moments, and then uh, we'll move into our, our our final things. So let's take this time and go before the Lord in prayer.